Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm David Greenstein, and we're learning Tractate Ketubot, Daf Kuf Dalid Amud Aleph, Amud Bet, page 104a and b. This daf begins with a continuation of stories about the passing of Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, as he was called, Rabbi, simply he was the rabbi of the generation. And the stories include a heart-wrenching story that has become a classic story and a reference for discussion in the contemporary literature about medical ethics. Usually we divide Agadita stories, narratives, legends of the Talmud from Hilchata Halacha, from the legal portions of the Talmud. But in this case, this very emotionally laden story is also a story that is appealed to to give guidance in end-of-life issues. It is the end of life of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, and the Gemara pictures a situation in which this sage is surrounded by loyal students and colleagues. The whole rabbinic community of his time has gathered to his place and has gathered to pray on his behalf, trying to preserve his life and extend his life. It's interesting that there is no mention of the family members per se. He is here considered a public figure, the leader of the generation, and we have, tellingly, no discussion whatsoever about his own particular family members. They are mentioned in the previous page. He gives instructions to them about what to do after he passes away. But here in this story, they are not mentioned. The other side of the conflict over Rabbi Yehuda Nasi over Rabbi, is the celestial creatures, the heavenly creatures, the angels, who are trying to have Rabbi Yehuda Nasi come to heaven, join them, which means, of course, to die. So there's a tug of war between the higher and the lower beings in the world, as the Talmud phrases it, and as they phrase it, by putting this phraseology in the mouth, not of one of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi's family members, but of his handmaiden. And she is the central figure in the story. She watches as the rabbis, the sages, pray on Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi's behalf, and he lingers, he does not die. However, she sees the excruciating pain that he is enduring. The way that uh, the Talmud describes it is that he constantly has to relieve himself and go to the bathroom, and he also constantly wants to be enwrapped in his talit and tefillin, and it is not possible to wear your tefillin in the bathroom. So he's constantly wrapping and unwrapping, wrapping and unwrapping. It's not clear what pain 
she sees him enduring? Is it the physical pain that he's simply too weak to control himself and it's too and it's too difficult for him to constantly wrap himself and unwrap himself in that feeling? Or is it a psychic pain where he sees that his holy state of being, which he has cherished and which he has promoted and nourished for himself and striven for all of his life, is now disintegrating before his very eyes, the, the physical being of his body is no longer able to support his spiritual quest. It's not clear. But she sees it. And apparently, the sages don't see it. And they continue praying on his behalf. In the beginning, the handmaiden had prayed, may the sages succeed in their prayers, may they win in this tug of war, of war against the angels on high. But after she sees so vividly how much pain Rabbi Yehuda Nasi is in, she changes her prayer, and she prays the opposite. And she says, I pray, may it be that the angels on high defeat the mortals below, so that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, this is implicitly stated, she doesn't say it explicitly, so that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi should die. But the tug of war continues, and finally she arrives at a decision. She goes up to the roof of the house, and... She takes a bowl and throws it down from the top of the building and it crashes to the floor and smashes in a great sound of uh, clattering and crashing. This so startles the sages that they stop their prayer momentarily. And because they were not constantly in prayer on behalf of saving Rabbi Yehuda Nasi's life, the angels on high are able to win and the Talmud says that the soul of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi departed to its eternal rest. This story is appealed to when we think about making decisions about prolonging the life of someone who is suffering a great deal. How do we decide whether it is still worth it to hope for that person to live on? How much should we be doing to try to preserve and prolong such a life of pain? The prayers of the sages are analogized by some to an IV or to other extraordinary measures that medical science has developed to prolong the life of a person. And in this case, the handmaiden, by throwing down and shattering the utensil, interrupts the prayers, interrupts the extraordinary measures that have been taken to preserve Rabbi Yehuda Nasi's life. Is that allowed in an active way? Can it only be done in a passive way? Of course, she is a second cause and not a first cause of stopping the prayers. The commentators also have a discussion about what attitude should we take when we see that a person is at the end of their life and is in terrible, terrible pain and really has in terms of their continued life, nothing to look forward to except that continued pain. There's a discussion in another tractate, in the Darim, and there the Talmud talks about the importance of visiting the sick. Those who visit the sick will be able to be moved by the plight of the sick person and pray on their behalf. But if you don't visit the sick, you will not offer your prayers in the same way. What are we supposed to infer from this? The Rush says that this means that it's so important to pray on behalf of a person's continued life 
and by visiting the person and seeing them in suffering, by praying on their behalf, perhaps a miracle will happen and they will recover completely. The Ran, Rabbi Anisim, says on the contrary. What this means is that when one comes to visit the person and sees how sick they are, it is entirely legitimate to pray that they die. These struggles are struggles which unfortunately we know all too often today. It's very, very difficult to make decisions about these situations, and each situation is different. Each situation requires its own struggle. But one thing that we see from the story is that it is the handmaiden of Rabbi Yehuda Anasi who sees his situation. It is all too common for people to have their own assumptions and their own agendas about what is good for somebody else and to make important decisions, critical decisions, on behalf of that other person without actually recognizing what they're going through. At least the one thing that we should learn from this story is how important it is to see the person in their own individuality. That lesson was taught to us not by a great rabbi, but by a simple servant in his household. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.